Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, episode 54 for Two of the Tackle. Um, you know, much love to the loyal listeners out there. Y'all all know who you are. So thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks for checking in. Um, this week, there's no there's no NRL this weekend, but there's plenty of rugby, rugby league on this weekend. So yeah, we'll be talking State of Origin and... New Zealand versus Tonga, and a little bit maybe just whatever the food is happening this week. Anyway, hopefully, you guys enjoy the show. Peace! Yep, right, so we're back here. Episode 54, uh, State of Origins on Sunday this week. It's standalone, standalone, but it's not officially standalone because they've got uh, Tonga, we've got uh, New Zealand, they've got uh, PNG and Fiji. And then also they've got the women's state of origin. There might be another international in there as well. I think it might be the Cook Islands playing someone. It could be someone, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I'm going to start the show off well, with the front rows, actually. As we do every single week. As we should do every single week as well. So apologise for hesitating their front rows. In the front row, you can't hesitate. You don't want to be hesitating in the front row. Jack the Bellman, he doesn't hesitate. And he's found himself in the front row now. That's where he wants to be, you know, and that's what type of player front rowers are, you know. They sacrifice a lot to be a front row. And, you know, the rewards were suited to him on the weekend. He scored himself a try. Uh, was it a double? No, I don't think it was a double. We've had a couple of doubles over the last few weeks. Uh, after Jack DeBellum, we had Tui Kamakamitha. Now, last week I had a little jab at him, but oh, I just have a jab. And people have jabs at the roosters, I have jabs back at them, and that's just what I do at times. Uh, but he scored himself a try. Great try. I think it was the opening try for their match. I'm... Don't quote me on that, but whatever it is, it was a, it was was it was. I'm gonna say it was. Uh, it was a good try there. Because in front row, as per usual. Then Moses Leota. Leota. Played for the Kiwis, interestingly enough. Um yeah, he scored opening. I know that one was the opening try of the match for their game. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And then to finish off the round, as tr- as in true classy style, James Tarmo for the Tigers. So yeah, there was only four this week, but that's okay, you know. We don't want to take away too much attention away from the state of origin. As we said last time, they're very, very clever, these front rows. Um, so thank you thank you to the front rows there. Didn't see any attempts or people end up in the dummy file over the weekend. But if you guys did see anything, please let me know. Because I will speak to them and their coach. Uh, but yeah, that's enough for the front rows now. Thank you very much. We'll move on. Uh, move on to state of origin and Tonga. Now, I don't even know if that's a topic, but I'm going to make it a topic. State of origin versus Tonga. Uh, so the, everyone knew that State of Origin, you know, they named their team after the weekend. For some reason, the test teams were announced. They named the Tongan squad first, then they named the New Zealand squad. No, 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 sorry, they named the New Zealand squad first, then they named the Tongan squad, and then the other teams were named, whether it was the Fiji team, the Samoan team, and the Cook Islands team, or the PNG team, they're all named. Before the round started, or someone named during the week, or during the rounds, but my point being is why don't they just wait until the end of the week to name the team? It makes no sense because State of Origin players are getting a, would normally get a week off. I don't understand why they wouldn't do something similar around that. Because what happens if these guys get injured? They name these monster squads these days as well. What the hell is that? I don't get it. I do get it. I do get it, but I don't enjoy it. I think it's a little bit little bit toy because you get these like 25 man squads only 17 of them are going to play 
So there's like players that have been named in the Kiwi squad that you're thinking like, oh man, they're in the conversation or, oh man, they're going to play or, oh no, they're going to play. And then like they named 25 players in the New Zealand squad and apparently Sean Johnson's not in the top 25 players in New Zealand. That's madness. That's madness. Um, he's probably been New Zealand's best player for the last 10 years for New Zealand. Uh, do you fit him into the team somehow? I think you do. I think you do, but um, because of how he's performed for New Zealand, and he might not be playing his absolute best for the Warriors, but who is playing their absolute best for the Warriors at the moment? You feel me? So, uh, but anyway, back to the Tonga versus State of Origin. They named their squad, and they named two players that played for New South Wales. And then, like, two days later, Samoa named their team, and they didn't name one Samoa player that played at Origin. And they had, I think they had seven seven or ten, something like that. I can't remember. I counted them the other day. It might have been like 30 out of the 50 that they named in the first. Was it 50? No, they didn't name 50. might have been 44 players that named in the first Origin with with the two teams. And there would have been over 10 Samoans named. Not one was named in the Samoan team because there's both. And like I don't, I don't know. Maybe the ones that have, have uh, pledged their allegiance to State of Origin have already expressed that they won't play for Samoa. But I know that's not entirely true because I know Jerome Lua will play for Samoa. I know Brian Pottle will play for Samoa. Obviously not in a clash right now, but they will play for Samoa. They haven't. They haven't played for Australia, and I'd be very surprised if they're playing in the if they're named in the Australian squad at the World Cup. I would be very surprised. But what I'm getting at is there was respect shown there by the Samoan Football Association or selectors or whatever to State of Origin and to the representatives from their country that are playing at State of Origin to to allow. The whole reason why there's a week off, the whole reason why they're able to fit these internationals in on this weekend is because they wanted to try and have the state of origin to reduce the impact on the NRL. They wanted to have it on on a standalone week if they could achieve that at one point. And it, it's not going to last because it hasn't, as an overall game, got to benefit the game monetary-wise or whatever. You know, financially, I think the term is actually. Uh, but they're doing it at the moment. And so... As I said, the whole reason why there's a space in the calendar to have these test matches or internationals on, on this weekend is because of State of Origin. And Tonga, I think, were a little bit disrespectful. And I would never say this to their face. I'm a bit of a coward. They will knock me out. Of course they would. Whatever. Right? It's not the people. It's just this rugby league team, for this instance, that named the team. And the way that they named their team, I think, was completely disrespectful. Now... That's just from my perspective. That's from the information that I know from just watching on social media and seeing the names get pop up on my Facebook, right? So I don't know the processes of what they went through to decide naming that team, but Daniel Tupo did not agree to play with them. And maybe Katoni Staggs did. Maybe Katoni Staggs was named. Once he got named, he said to Freddie, I'm not going to be available for New South Wales, which you would have thought would have been a conversation with Freddie, prior to the Origin series, that this is going to rear its head at this point. This is, and maybe, maybe although, maybe Freddie didn't pick Stags, 
and so that made him eligible for Tonga. Now, I understand that international football probably should be above state of origin, but it isn't. So I understand it may have to be, eventually, ideally, but at this point in time, it isn't. It isn't in terms of what the players see it as, and it isn't in the terms of, you know, what generates cash and entertainment and eyes on the game. So I think it was quite disrespectful from the perspective that I saw it from. I could be wrong, and I apologise if I am wrong. Um, but yeah, I didn't think that was very, very... And then you saw the way that Tonga and Samoa named their team, you just saw it instantly, that it was that two these two teams actually approached naming their squads differently. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, but in, in saying all of that, I've always for a long time I was happy to have this weekend where New South the Origin is on the Sunday. You know, there's no NRL games and they can fix all these other internationals in there. They can get them all playing. But now I can see how that can be a little bit of a mistake, and it's 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 really terrible to have Tonga and Samoa playing on the same weekend. <clears throat> I mean, really, when Tonga and Samoa play, and Australia are not, Jerome Lua, Brian Toto, Junior Paolo, Josh Papali'i, Tino Fasula Malawi, Murray Tolangi, Daniel Tupo, Katani Staggs, Sifasio Talakai, Sio Sifo, sorry, Sio Sifo Talakai, they should all be playing at that match. They should all be eligible for that match. Until a time comes where... There's no chopping and changing. But at the moment, as we have it, if we've got to allow these players to go and play for both these these entities, then they shouldn't clash. The star shouldn't be taken out of that Tonga and Samoan spectacle because in its essence, you know, potentially, that could have its own state of origin appearance or appeal. You know what I mean? Why don't they sort of, you know, in unison with the NRL, play a bloody series? Play a series. Oh, not a, maybe a three-game series, but have a match. Have a match at the mid-year. Just like Australia and New Zealand have a match at the mid-year. Tonga and Samoa, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's going to be on. Um, so tr- maybe maybe we see this sort of standalone weekend with the origin at the back end there. Oh, sorry, the origin, standalone origin, doesn't work with a whole lot of international fixtures on that same weekend. If New Zealand want to play England... Fine, that's a good one because neither play they can't play for England and play for New State of Origin. But currently, as it stands, whether you like it or not, whether you agree, disagree, you can play for Tonga and you can play for Samoa and you can still play for Australia, England, and New Zealand. And that's just the way it is. But then also there's Fiji. Fiji, and I, I'm not sure if there's some sort of leniency with Fiji with. Uh, PNG and State of Origin. I'd be happy for there to be some sort of leniency with those, with PNG and State of Origin. Uh, but at the same time, who do you assign the PNG players to? Do you just give them all a quiz there? I don't want that. But maybe, I don't know. But, um, so Fiji's playing this weekend. Now, one of Fiji's most important players to their team for a long time now has been Apicoroso. It's always been, he's always been a pivotal player on their side. And now he's not playing for them because he's eligible to play for New South Wales. He's playing for New South Wales. And Fiji are playing this weekend. So they don't get their best team. So we're having this internationals, all these internationals over the weekend, but they're not having their best eligible players because it's been because 
as I said earlier, state of origin is still above all of that, whether we agree or disagree, like it or don't like it. Um, so yeah, as we can't, if we are going to have the standalone weekends, I wouldn't have, definitely wouldn't have Samoa and Tonga playing that weekend for the reasons that I've just said. Right, uh, the women's state of origin is actually going to be an interesting game. Queensland won last year, controversially, not controversially, in a tight one. Uh, the year before, they actually smashed New South Wales. So this last year, it's a lot closer. Uh, they actually had the origin match on, but they didn't have no... <coughs> Sorry, they didn't have any NRLW season on, which is pretty funny, I thought. What was the origin this year? No, I'm pretty sure they played last year. Jeff Toohey was the coach as well. I thought he was great. I thought he was great. And I think he's great. Actually, I think he should be coaching in the NRL at some stage. You know, there's what we've got, already got two clubs looking for coaches and potentially look, looking for a third. Uh, who would be the next one? Well, there's the Knights. That could be a chance of looking for a new coach. Titans could be looking for a new coach. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't for those two, I, mean, I said that about bloody, uh, I said that about the Titans last week, did it not? For the Titans and the Knights, I'd just, I'd just put the responsibility or the blame on the players. I wouldn't put it on the coach. And I've, I've, sort of always, I've sort of always been on the side of the coach. Ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a coach. Rod McQueen, former Wallaby coach, he used to be one of my heroes or my, uh, what would you call it? Uh, idols? Would you say idols? I'm not sure. Whatever the word is, like if you, you know, if you wanted to, if you're a young halfback or a young fullback and you looked up to Chaboyovic or Slater or something like that, that's what I looked at when it comes to Rod McQueen. Although I wasn't a coach, I looked at him like that's who I wanted to be, Rod McQueen. And only because he was the Wallaby coach when they won the World Cup when they were at their peak. So he, he may have contributed to the reason why they were successful. Uh, but definitely the playing talent that they had at that time for the Wallabies anyway, I was probably at its peak. So it could be a combination of both. Uh, but yeah, ever since then, I've always been so a little bit more, uh, I don't know if empathetic, sympathetic, uh, bias, I'd probably say is probably more accurate how I'd say it, bias towards the coaches, because that's probably what I, that's what I used to want to be. I'd still love to be a coach. I don't think I'd be keen on being a head coach, whether I see it these days, but I'd definitely love to be an assistant coach. I'd love to just sit next to Robbo and just learn and watch and learn and absorb and learn and watch and just, oh, be the best. But, you know, that's another story for another day. Um, so, yeah, Jeff Turvey, I think, should become a coach soon. Uh, whether he gets coaching soon, I'm not sure. They get sacked and then they are done. They're like, cook, they'll never get another go. But, like, I don't even think he should have even got sacked, but he did get sacked. Um, Tonga versus New Zealand. Tonga versus New Zealand. Now, a few years ago, I thought of it. I always, sorry, for a long time, they always considered state of origin to be the pinnacle of rugby league. And it probably still is on a technical basis. But for me, the best teams are the best forwards. Whoever got the best in the middle and then the middle rotation, most times win the game. Whether that most times is 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10, for me, it's more than 5 out of 10. So most times, the team with the better forward pack, the better middles, win the game. So then, 
when we started to know, when 2017 pretty much was the turning point. Once Fafida and Tomalolo said that they're going to Tonga, and then they just got that flood of Tongans saying, committing to Tonga, you started to uh, see that the best front rowers weren't actually white Australians anymore. And that could have been for a long time, but they seem to have found themselves in the Australian team, whether it's James Tomer, Andrew Fafita, um, currently we've got Payne Huss, Junior Paolo probably played for Australia. Uh, who else have we had? Petro Sivadeceva. And they were playing for Australia. Whereas once Fafita left, Tomalolo came out, we started to, I started to notice anyway that the best front rowers weren't white Australians. They were Jesse Bromwich, Joe Wade and Hargraves. I started to realise that I always knew it. We always said that Jesse Bromwich was one of the better ones. Andrew Fafita, Siwa Takiaho, uh, Jason Tomalolo. Uh, who else? Nelson Asafa Salamanda. Look at the... Who won the club last year? The Panthers. Moses Leona, James Fisher-Harris. Who was in the grand final? Uh, what's his name? Tavita Tatola. Cam Murray, he's a gangster, man. He's a good gangster. I fucking love Cam Murray, man. Who won the comp in 2020? Jesse Bromwich. Who, who did they play? They played the Panthers. James Fisher-Harris. Um, year before that, Joe Wadey Ohako. Siwa Tokyo. So, who was the camera front of? Josh Popoli. Sorry, Josh. Big Papa. Hadn't even mentioned him. He's been the best friend of the last five years. You know what I mean? So, uh, but he played for Queensland. Sorry, he was playing for Queensland. So, um, because, yeah, the Samoans did a, did a defect. And rumours have it there's some sort of, like, uh, cultural thing that's not really working out for a lot of the Samoan players. From what I've heard, again, I haven't, I haven't had it from the horses now. I haven't been in the camp with the Samoans. I'd love to go to camp with the Samoans, actually. If I could, I'd, I'd, ideally, I'd like to, you know, I've always, and I still go for the Australian kangaroos, um, but I think I'd want to be in the Kiwi camp. I think I'd like to enjoy that. I think it'll take me a little bit, you know, a little bit of finding myself and feel a little bit more familiar with it. Um, but then also, if it wasn't between Australia and New Zealand, Fiji, I love the Fijians. I've always loved the Fijians. Um, so the Fijians camp would be pretty cool too as well, I'd say. Um, but yeah, we look at this, these two teams, these two matchups. Now, I don't think Jared Hargroves was named in the Kiwis, which is a shock, but they've got James Fisher-Harris. Uh, and he'll go up against Jason Tomalolo. There's also Siwa Takiaho. I don't think he's as good as he was two years ago. I think he's, and I've said it a few times, I think our forward pack, our strong pack middle with Hargroves and Siwa, uh, they don't have that same authority that they used to have on footy matches. There's moments in games where they're showing, you know, their previous class and stuff like that. But in terms of a complete domination over football side or a forward pack, that, that's long gone. So Siwa uh, will still be good for the Tongan side. Those two are the captains, Tomalolo and Tokayaho. Uh, so they'll be good, but I just think the Kiwi team have probably got a little bit more class. And that's why I don't, I don't, I don't, I like Madge Maguire. I think he, you know, has a good ethos and stuff like that. But I, I just don't think he's the best option for New Zealand. I don't think he's the best option. I think, I don't think... People think I'm crazy, but I actually think I'd be a better option for the New Zealand side than him. But um, 
I think they could do with someone else because I get the sense that he will make a team try and like fit it to a square peg, like a round hole through a square peg or a square peg through a round hole. I think it's probably more accurate. And I don't, I don't think that works at an international level. I think at an international level, what works is being able to create a bond about being, you know, representative of Kiwis. And I think they should have picked James Tama. I know that seems a little bit, you know, left field, but I think it'll be good for the squad, eh? Because he's never played for New Zealand. Uh, he could qualify for New Zealand just easily, easily qualify for New Zealand. And I think it'll be good for him and the Kiwis. I think he'll bring a lot of sort of experience and, and gratitude to the team. He doesn't even need to play. He might play some games. He'll be there. I think he should play in the World Cup at the end of the year. Now, he may want to have a rest. He may want to have this week off. So if that's the case, do that. But if that's not the case, you know, and he's just doing, you know, clinics all week, you know, whatever, or take care of his family all week, and he would have been liked to have been in the Kiwi squad, I think they should have picked him. I think they should have called him and asked him if he wanted to... Just partake in the squad. Maybe you might have played, maybe you might not have. But I think that would have been a really good uh, injection. They're picking 25-man players' squads anyway. So chuck him in there, make a 26 or 24-plus in. Um, still pissed off that Sean Johnson didn't make it. Although I'm a big fan of Dylan Brown, I think he would have been perfect at 14, especially in the debut. And the fact is, Sean Johnson killed the Tongans last time. He killed them, man. That was the year that... Um, Tonga beat Australia too. But granted, that game they had, a, I think they had, no, I know they had John Asiata at six and Johnson had the ball and had him at three in all day. Bang, bang. Uh, but John Asiata won't be playing this week for the Tongans. Uh, potentially could Tony Staggs, depends how his shoulder goes. But yeah, I just don't think they've got the, they've got the, they've got the engine, they've got the motor, they've got the power to match it with the Kiwis. But the Kiwis be able to match it with them. They've still got James uh, Fisher-Harris and Moses Leota, Leota, sorry, and in the front row, which will be huge for the Kiwis. I was actually surprised that he uh, said he'd play for New Zealand, especially on a week where Samoa were playing. So it's a little indication of how people might approach... Um, I think that might actually rule him out for Samoa, even in the World Cup now as well. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm not against all the eligibility rules, although it probably should be the way that I've carried on in this podcast. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a, a massive, massive game. It's going to be an actual... <coughs> uh, same intensity as an origin match, to be completely honest. And I think, you know, now that... You know, the Tongans have drawn a line of the sand... And, you know, in a way, as much as I may have said it, it's been a little bit disrespectful, in a way, it's probably a way of saying to the rugby league community that we need uh, tier one status. We need test status. Because I'm not sure if this is a test match. I think it is a test match, but for a long time, Tonga was an international match. So, because they're a tier two nation. You know, cricket will be classed as a first class match, not a test match. But it's not cricket, it's rugby league. It's two countries, and it's an official Matamba match team. So it's not the Invitational as it was last time, the Kingdom of Tonga Invitational or something like that. That's the only... They actually, actually... Oh, was it not? No, the Invitational got invited to the nines, that's right. 
It was the dots. Now, I was about to buy my good Peter Shelley. You're right, you're right, you're right. Fair enough. Uh, but state of origin. They've got Joseph Suwali named in the squad again. He may play. Oh, no, no, no. They've actually named the. Actually, sorry, I apologise. They've named the 17. He, he is not named. Um, and I'm not saying he's better than either two. I just love. He just keeps impressing me every single week. He gets better and better. So when he first started, he was getting tackled, dominated probably a little, you can say he dominated a few of the tackles. You know, it's new kid on the block. People wanted to know who he was, let him know who he was, what he was playing. And then literally every single game, you could almost see the transition of his, the way the contest in the collision. And now he's actually getting hit and they're falling off him. Now, it was the first time I've actually seen players him charge at the line, one off the ruck, and do the Sean Kitty Dow styles or the Daniel Tupo styles where they just fucking bust through the line, one or two off the ruck. It's hectic. And, yeah, he's only... I, I can't see him surpassing Israel Folau, but I think that's exactly where it's going to be. Like, Israel Folau was the premier winger set outside back the entire time he was playing and there was a reason why he was selected to play AFL because he was athletically gifted uh, the contest this week as well they've named Cam Murray no Tarek Sims and they've got Cam Murray so and then they're starting with Jack Chaboyevich so I think Freddie listens to the show because they've got Jack Chaboyevich back in and they've brought Luke Bernard into the side so Firstly, it was the front rows. Then it was the referees. Now it's Freddie Fittler. Who's next? You? Nah, nah, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, uh, he definitely listened to the show because Judge Boyevich straight back in the starting side. And what's his name? Burden in it, left centre. And I think they're going to put Cam Murray at left centre, left back row. Because because Martin plays on the right of the Panthers, obviously if you play on the left, then they have that pretty much that Panther connection from the grand final last year. Um, and you just know that Burton's just got to slip straight in there like he hasn't missed a beat. He's got to slip straight in there at training. They're going to love it at training. I think he's going to get some of the little bit of those bombs happening. He might just, you know, just a little extra uh, variety because I think someone said that Lua took two kicks last time. So, even if he just took two more off uh, Cleary, Cleary, sorry. Um, but I'm liking the fact, I hope that Murray does play on the left because he may not be as big as Kiko, but I actually think he's as good, if not better. Now, you would know that if you listen to the show, that I think Cam Murray is the best thing since last spread. Honestly, he can do everything. He can play everywhere, uh, maybe except fullback. But he can play winger. 100% he can play winger. Uh, but he's, and I think him playing at left edge there, he's very good at being able to play a role. He knows he's good at timing things. He'll know how to suit Luai instantly. You know, and he's actually play, he was actually playing on the right last year for New South Wales. Now he's playing on the left. Just chuck him there. And he's going to be a gangster, man. He's going to be a gangster. I just know it. I'm actually so confident in the, in the, the squad now. And I, I don't know why. Maybe because it's one of those matches where like New South Wales have to win. But I just feel so much more confident in the squad. Maybe because Jake Chaboyevic just gives me more faith. So they've got Payne Haas, Jake Chaboyevic. Or is it Junior Poland? No, I'm pretty sure it's Payne Haas. 
I'm not sure. I'll have to check. Bear with me, please. Be patient. Be patient. Let me scroll, let me scroll, let me scroll. Here it is. The Apain House starting with Jake Trebojevic at 10. And the thing that I sort of tried to justify in my head, I didn't get a chance to sit down with Freddie and chat to him, but I think the biggest strength with Jake Trebojevic is the ability to go 80 minutes. So if in the first game, you don't, you don't think to yourself, I want Jake to play 80. You know what I mean? If you're not thinking that, you, you're probably not going to get the best out of him if you put, start him off the bench. But if you start him, you can do a big chunk. He can do a big, big chunk, whether it's a first half chunk or a full game chunk. Uh, you just have that option there. He's not going to really let you do I can't see him being a liability defensively at any stage of the game. He may get gassed at some point where he can interchange you. But I think if he has the ability to play the 80, like Cotter did in game one, which you think of Ruben Cotter, as fit as he may very well be, it's his first time he's played at that level. If you think he can go the 80, you, you've got to be confident enough to think Jake Jaboyevich can go the 80 as well. So then if you start with him, and he, I actually thought they were going to play him like a Carrigan and, and sort of save an interchange more so than try and save two. But it looks like they're going to try and put themselves in a position to go with Ruben Cotter style and make him play the 80. So if he goes ahead and plays that 80, then you actually have the three guys that are on the bench that are... Well, you actually have Cook on the bench at Hooker which sort of looks like they're trying to inject a little bit of speed at some point, but I don't want to take Coruscant off, especially if you take him, if you take him out at nine and you have Murray, Trebojevic and Yo in your squad, you're probably not going to need him playing third end. When you also have Angus Crowder on the bench and you have Sio Sifos Talakai on the bench, who potentially could play setup. But it's probably most likely going to be playing back row. So then, uh, sort of like a crash ball type of guy in the back row. Because then you could have uh, Angus Crider come on <coughs> for, fuck, I don't know, Liam Martin. Or you could have him come on for a middle. Angus Crider could come on for a middle. And then you move Cam Murray to the middle. Because Crider could play on either side as well. Uh, but I think, uh, if anything, if anything, the first interchange of the game, it's going to be Sio Sifatalakai on for a middle, Cam Murray into the middle, and they play fast through the middle. So Payne Huss will probably be the first one off. Uh, and this is just a guess, a speculation. It's not even a guess, it's just speculation. Uh, they could come on straight away with two with Polo and... Crichton coming straight on and then taking um, two middles off, whether it be Jake and Payne, it could be, it could be Payne and, uh, what's the lock's name again? Isaiah. Those two could come off. Um, yeah, the thing is, at NRL level, Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo, Jake Jaboyevich, they play the 80. Of those, though, at State of Origin level, I could probably only see Jake Trebojevic playing the 80. Because actually, Canberra doesn't play 80 at South. I think they, they know how to... He's a, oh, 
can't say enough about him. And I just think we're actually going to be able to know Ruben Connor's going to have an impact on that rotation, which helped him in the back end of the end. And the fact, you know, if Jeremiah Nana wasn't able to come back, he's actually like some sort of freak of nature in the year, isn't he? Um, it's, it's almost as if, like, he's like a Israel Folau that no one knows about because he's so big and plays with a 12 on the back. But he can jump, out and jump. It's like they're kicking to him like the Roosters are kicking to Tupo or Suwali. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that being starting at night, I think it could just make Cleary relax a little. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that he's... Um, I'm not saying that Cook isn't... You know, Cleary doesn't trust Cook, but you just... You're not as comfortable with your... He wouldn't be as comfortable. Maybe some instances you might be more comfortable with the state of origin hooker than your premiership uh, W half player that you won a premiership with and played a two grand finals with. Uh, you're probably more comfortable with that guy than you are with the state of origin hooker that you see three times a year. Now, I'm sure they, they, they've had success, those two, at state of origin level, but i just got a feeling that Appy's probably going to be a little bit better for Cleary. Uh, but it doesn't mean that Cook, obviously, is named at 14. You might probably not have, not everyone would have picked him at 14. I know someone who wouldn't have, but I'm not actually disappointed. I actually think it's good. I think Cook deserves to still be playing because he's a very good player. And I think he can add a little bit more spice to our game, a little bit more variety to our game because, you know, he's got that speed, that footwork. He doesn't have to be there for those early exchanges to. He come on fresh, essentially, as they say. Coming on fresh is always good for Damien Cook there. The Queensland side, they've, I think they've made the necessary changes. So, uh, Cotter's out to the boarded Jai Arrow. They've, they've just done that traditional. I love that about Queensland. They, don't, they just bring, so a guy falls out, and then the next guy comes in, and he just promotes the guy that's in front of him. So, if a starting player comes off, the bench player gets promoted to starting, and the new player comes in to the bench. And it's it's just such it's just such a cool way of looking at things. Such a simple way of it. I'm sure that probably happens for New South Wales as well, but it's almost it's just you just look at if you go back and you look at all their teams, whenever they're named, whenever they name their teams, it's just simply like that. There's a list of players, there's a not not a list of players, but you know what I mean? Like they've got their seventeen and then after their seventeen they have their next five and who and they just come in behind the people that are already in the seventeen. They don't overtake anyone. Like, see how Jake's gone straight to starting? Which I think it should have happened anyway. But that would never happen with Queensland. And, oh, sorry. Tell you that. that very rarely happens with Queensland. Very rarely. For example, Polo would have gone straight to starting. And then, um, what's his name? Jake Schmidt would have gone to the bench. But we don't play. We don't play like that. We play like New South Wales plays. We pick our players that suit the team that's going to make the best result for New South Wales according to the eyes of Brad Fiddler at the moment, at the top. Um, I've probably rambled on a little bit longer than desired. Um, I didn't really get too much chance to speak about the Queensland side. Oh, fuck the Queensland side, you know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's probably just time to call it a night. It's going to be a cracking game. There's a chance I could do an impromptu uh, podcast, you know, before the game even starts. Maybe after the New Zealand Tonga game, 
uh, maybe after the Women's State of Origin game, which is on the Friday, I think it is. I'm uh, not sure, but yeah, as it's been, you know, the NBA Championship was decided since our last podcast. You know, so close, but yet so far, but it's very, 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 very difficult to overcome the Golden State Warriors in any facet of the game, let alone, I guess, the seven-game series for the NBA Championship. There's only one man that's ever done it. And that's the great man, the chosen one, the king, LeBron James. But anyway, you know, much love to the Boston Celtics. Hopefully they'll blur from it, they'll go from it, they'll be better from it. It'll be a tough campaign next year, but it, it potentially could just drive the fire. Um, you know, big credit to uh, Clay, Clay Thompson. Big credit to, obviously, Steph Curry. And you just got to love the man. And like, you know, he was dissing on my team. He was shitting on them. And rightly so, you know, Boston Celtics fans or Boston fans in general aren't necessarily the most appreciated bunch of fans out there in the world. And, uh, you know, in some essence, they probably got a little bit of what they deserve. But I just love the banner from Draymond. Like, there's a few times, I know when it actually pisses me off, that's the essence of it. It's just the game, man. He's just fucking with you. At the end of the day, I can't do nothing. And he's trolling me, and he can actually do something. He's not trolling me personally, but he's trolling us. Good on him. Uh, but it was good. Uh, good good for the what's called Golden State Warriors. Uh, but anyway, yeah, hope you guys enjoy the match. Thanks for listening. Big love to all of you. Thanks for uh, you know, staying loyal as we do. And, everyone, and as always, be good to your mother, be good to your father, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your brothers, your sisters, your aunties and uncles, and your bloody kids. Much love. Peace be out of here.